This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for October 19th, 2020. So I'm teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming. Greater is coming for you. How do I know that? Because God made plans for you from the foundations of the world. And if you would die to self, yield to him, be led of the Holy Spirit, do things that you may not even want to do, but you're being led to do, you will experience God's best and God's plans will unfold right before your very eyes. Greater is coming for you. So this is part 49 of the series. And the title of today's message, this is a very important message, actually. The title of today's message is Faith Through the Unexpected. I've talked about before, I've talked about having faith through the silence, where God gives you a word, you start believing God, and then it's like he doesn't say anything again for a long time. And can you still believe through that, through the silence, can you still have faith? Well, guess what? It's, it's like that with the unexpected. You, God gives you a word, you get excited, you're believing God for something, you expect it, and then... When, when something happens that is unexpected, can you continue to believe God? You have to believe God through the unexpected. Say amen to that. All right, so let's get into it. This is 1 Samuel chapter 25, verses 37 through 44. On Friday, we saw how Abigail, Abigail was bad, right? I love Abigail. So she intervened for her husband. She interceded for her husband. She convinced David to spare his life. Please, Mr. David, don't kill my husband. And so she kept David from making a major mistake and she kept her husband from reaping a reward on his foolishness. She was a woman of God and a woman of God is worthy to be praised. She was amazing, right? She sprung into action. She spoke the language of faith. She did something about, about the situation and she spared her husband. She actually kept David from making a mistake. All of that happened. Now, I told you that when Abigail got home, that her husband was drunk and he had no idea what she had done. So she waited like, man, this is a woman of God. She waited. And the next morning he was like, she was like, all right, you good now? Can I talk to you for a minute? I was like, yeah, what's up, babe? All right. So listen, and she told them what happened. She told them how she basically just saved his life. He was that close to death. And so now that he's sober and he hears what she did for him. Uh, Nabal, the Bible says that his heart failed him. <laughs> I mean, think about it. So in that moment, he's like, he's processing all of this and it's like, boom, he had a heart attack. And then he, he kind of went into a stroke. The Bible says that his body was like a stone. He was rock hard. And so he remained in the bed sick for 10 days. And on the 10th day, he died just like that. Boom, he's dead. Now, David gets word that Nabal is dead. And remember, David, the Bible calls David in the New Testament a man after God's own heart. But David had issues too. So this is what David said when they found out Nabal is dead. David said, praise the Lord. <laughs> he said, praise the Lord who has avenged me from this insult. That joker didn't want to give me no goat. So I, fine, I'm glad that he's dead. So he received punishment for his sin. Like, come on, David, really? That's all you got to say? He didn't have any love for Nabal, right? Obviously. Uh, and he declared that Nabal received the negative harvest and the negative seed that he had sown. 
And I'll talk about that more here in a minute. But what happens next is what I'll focus in on for today. So after Nabal's death, this puts Abigail in a bad situation. So unlike today, although Nabal was rich, he had wealth. Unlike today, you have a wealthy couple. If the husband dies, obviously now the spouse, she's like, fine. I mean, we still, we have the money and we'll, we'll do whatever we have to do. But no, not in biblical times. So in biblical times, uh, uh, when uh, the husband died, now the wife was like, left to what am I supposed to do? In a lot of cases, she would wind up marrying the guy's brother. I mean, just because it was it was a, a dangerous situation for a woman to be alone, much less in this situation, a woman with wealth, with money, that money would actually become a target, right? So David sends his servants to Abigail and says, hey, tell Abigail to come marry me. <laughs> tell Abigail that she can marry me now since she don't have a husband, I'll be her husband. Now, that doesn't sound romantic. That doesn't sound subtle, right? I mean, these servants just show up. And, Excuse me, ma'am. And she's still mourning the loss of her husband. Say, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, what's up? Uh, our master, David, sent us to say, why don't you hurry up, get, grab your stuff so you can go marry him. Just like that. And you know what she did? She saw it as a blessing. She was like, oh, snap, this is an opportunity. Remember, she was a woman of faith. She grabbed her stuff. She got five of her servants, they, they loaded up their donkeys, and they took off. And just like that, Abigail became, became David's wife. Now, now, let me just pause right here, because then this part of the story gets a little bit funny. So Abigail becomes David's wife. Then the Bible says, just like this, like, then it goes, okay, yeah, and also, David married Ahinoam of Jezreel. Now, re remember that David was already married to Michael, Saul's daughter. But when all of this stuff was going on, Michael said, oh, David tried to kill me. Remember all that? And so Michael is no longer with David. And so Saul takes Michael, his daughter, and says, well, you used to be married to David. He ain't around. So he gives his daughter to a man from Gilliam. His name was Patty, the son of Laish, and says, now you can marry him. So Saul takes his daughter, Michael, says, go marry this Patty dude. And David, who no longer has Michael, winds up marrying two women, all in the same text. So while I'm teaching on faith and patience, all of this stuff is going on like a soap opera, right? So, so between the deaths, the deception, the divorces, and the danger, if this was today, this thing would be a hit show on TV. But lest I digress, let's get back. Let me get focused. Let's talk about what this means for you today. I just wanted to slide that in there, that the Bible is better than the TV and better than the movies. I tell you that all the time. So what does this mean for you today on this Monday morning, in all seriousness? What does this mean for you today? What does this mean about believing God through the uncertain times, through the unexpected, like, like Abigail? My God, I wasn't expecting this to happen. What do I do now, right? What do I do when something unexpected happens? Nobody expected 2020 to be like it is with COVID-19. What do I do when the unexpected happens? I have three things to share with you on this morning. As I get into these three things, I want you to open up your heart to receive. You ready? Three things. Number one, here we go. First of all, let me get this out of the way. Number one, it's dangerous to come up against God's people. Uh, so you, you don't want to touch. You don't want to put your mouth on God's anointed. Throughout scripture, you will find situations where people got in trouble and some even wound up dying because they put their mouth on God's anointed because they were putting, they were fighting up against someone who was being led of God. Because at that point, when you have somebody who's in the earth that's being led of the Holy Spirit, if somebody comes up against you, they're actually coming up against God and they may not even know it, which is why in the New Testament, 
In the Old Testament, the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 16 and 22, touch not my, my anointed. Please do not, do not do my prophets any harm because when you come up against them, you're coming up against me. And so in the New Testament, uh, there's lots of teaching on this, but basically the Bible says, man, pray for them. Like I told you before, their poison can't stop your purpose. So you should pray for them. Pray for them in earnest because they don't even know what they're doing. When, when Jesus was up on the cross and people was like, crucify him, crucify him. Jesus was like, Lord, please forgive them. They don't, I mean, like they don't even know. Sometimes people don't even know that when they're coming up against you, they're going to get in trouble for that. When they come up against you, they're going to reap a, a bad harvest on that bad seed. So as a child of God, when you are being led of the Holy Spirit and you are being led of the Holy Spirit to do something and people are rising up against you, you know that if God is for you, he's more than the entire world against you. So you shouldn't be concerned about that, but you should pray for them because a lot of times they don't even know what they're getting themselves into when they put their mouth or their hands on you. Say amen to that. So you should rest in God's protection and intercede for them in earnest. All right. Number two, the next two points is what I was really trying to get to, but I needed to say that first one first. All right. Number two, you ready? When one door closes, another one opens. See, Abigail was surely distraught. I mean, come on now. She loved her husband. She didn't expect this to happen. She was distraught. It was an untimely death. It was a bad situation. Nobody expected Nabal to die like that. She told him what happened. Boom, his heart failed him. You know, I mean, nobody expected that. This was an unexpected death, right? Um, but just as unexpected as the death was, an unexpected opportunity presented itself. Hey, our master David wants you to marry him. And as soon as the opportunity presented itself, now you could say, oh, that's messed up. She was still mourning. Yeah, yeah I got you. But my point is that, as soon, listen, the opportunity presented itself. She was a woman of faith and she took it. She didn't sit around wallowing in pity and worry and fear and doubt and unbelief and self-deprecation. Yeah, did she love Nabal? Yes, she loved Nabal. But he was dead. And back then, in that culture, that put her in a, in a very vulnerable situation. David was alive. He was offering her a new opportunity. So she went for it and she took it. And in the end, it worked out well for her. See, when bad things happen and a door closes, it's okay to mourn the loss. It's okay to be upset about it, but don't wallow in the pity of it. At the end of the day, if you're wallowing in the pity, you might miss out on the next opportunity. You got to keep your heart open to whatever God wants to do next. This series is about faith and patience. It's about learning to walk with God for the long haul so that you can become the man, the woman that God called you to be from the foundations of the world. And if you are committed to being who it, whoever it is that God destined you to be, and you're being led of the Holy Spirit to do whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do, then listen, when bad things happen, because bad things will happen, when the unexpected happens and the unexpected catches you off guard, because that's going to happen, this is real life. When that happens, just as long as you keep your heart open to the Holy Spirit, okay, Lord, what's next? The Holy Spirit will lead you. And watch this. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you right when you're still hurting. The Holy Spirit will lead you right when you're still mourning. The Holy Spirit will lead you right when you still have the pain. And in that moment, you got to choose faith over pain. You got you to walk by faith and not by feelings. You cannot allow the pain and the disappointment that was connected to what you was expecting to happen and now something else happened. You can't allow that pain and that disappointment to keep you from going through the new door that God is opening for you. When one door closes, another one opens, God will lead you and you got to walk through it. Now, let me say this because I don't, I don't share, I don't play around when it comes to the prophetic. I don't say prophetic words all that often. But I'm led to do so this morning. 
So I'm speaking prophetically now. What, what I'm about to share with you, this is God. So don't be afraid. Listen, I'm speaking to someone. The Lord put this heavy on my heart this morning. Look at me. Do not be afraid. It was unexpected. Yes, it was un unplanned. It, maybe it wasn't what you wanted, but this is what God is saying. And now I'm about to release what God is saying. God is saying, I'm still here. I still have you in my hands. Nothing has changed. It was unexpected to you, but not to me. I knew it, it was coming and I already planned for it. So you, and that's it. That's what God wanted me to release. You got to receive that. Let me say that again. God is saying, I'm still here. I still have you in my hands. Nothing has changed. It was unexpected to you, but not to me. I knew it was coming and I already prepared for it. As a believer, you got to believe that God is still God, that God is still sitting on the circle of the earth, that God still, every plan, every promise that God made for you is still valid. Nothing has changed. Maybe this world changed. Maybe what you was expecting changed. Maybe something happened that was unexpected. I got it, but God is still God and he is still going to do what he said he was going to do in your life. Say amen to that. All right, number three and finally, last point, but this last point is a good point. The life of faith requires you to believe through the unexpected. Let me say that again. The life of faith, if you're born again, living by faith, it, it requires you to believe God through the unexpected. There will be times where the unexpected happens. When God speaks to you, and then this is, you know, if you're living by faith, like I'm living by faith, God will speak to you. You'll have a certain level of clarity about it. You'll tell your friends, your spouse, that you got a word from God, that you're standing on a word from heaven, and it's only a matter of time before I see in my hands what God said in my heart, all of that. You repeat after me, you say all these things. Great. And while that sounds good, the truth is, if we would be honest, we have no idea how God is going to do it. Unless God tells us, we don't know how he's going to do it. And so, so while we don't know how he's going to do it, and there's a certain level of mystery to walking with God, and there's an aspect of God that is mysterious, and so you don't know how he's going to do it, and then, then if you're anything like me, then what happens is that this mystery fuels your nonstop speculation. You're always speculating. I know that I am. So you're always trying to say, okay, you're trying to remind yourself that you need to be patient, that God is going to do it, in his timing, that is going to happen however he wants it to be done, but it's hard to stop imagining and speculating and anticipating. So while you're walking with God, you're like, okay, how's it going to, is it this? Is it that? Is it, you, you get a phone call, is it this person? God, are you going to do it through him? God, are you going to do it through her? You always are walking with God with a certain level of expectation. And so, so if you're like me, you're always trying to like, okay, God, okay, God. And so what happens with those situations I'm just being transparent with you that this, this happens to me, so I know it happens to others, that when you're going through that and you're believing God for the breakthrough and you're believing God to do what he said, and you're, if you speculate, and, and the Holy Spirit didn't tell you to do it, but you get your hopes up all of a sudden and you say, oh, this is how God is going to do it, and you come up with something in your own heart, then what's going to happen is you're going to have a letdown. And I've, I've experienced this many times. You're going to have a letdown when it doesn't happen the way that you thought it was going to happen. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit is going to say to you, I never said that. The Holy Spirit is going to say, well, you got your hopes up for that. I mean, it's still going to happen, but I never told you it was going to happen that way. And then this process repeats itself over and over and over again until you finally hold on long enough to receive what God said, right? So let me just bring it back to David and, and Abigail for a minute. As I close, a prophet comes to David's house. A prophet anoints David to be the next king of Israel, right? Anointed him. Boom, you are the next king of Israel. Boom, the power of God is on you from this day. Then David became a heart player for the king. Then he became an armor bearer in the palace. 
Then he became a giant killer and a national hero. Then he became the, the king's son-in-law. Then he became an outlaw. <laughs> then he's living in a cave. And then right then in this text, he wound up marrying the wife of a man who disrespected him and died suddenly of a stroke, right? I mean, so my point here is that if you look at the life of David or Joseph or Moses or Paul or pick anybody, pick anybody in scripture that God used in a, in a mighty way. If you read the story of their lives, you're going to find one thing in common. You know what that is? That they all took a crazy path to their purpose. Every one of them. You would think that this is like a zigzag life, but it was God's plan. Matter of fact, if you look at David, I mean, let's talk about Jesus real quick. So if you look at Jesus, Jesus, boom, uh, uh, his, you know, the Holy Spirit comes to this young lady and says, you're going to get pregnant. She believed God. Boom, she got pregnant. Now she doesn't, she's never had sex with a man. So now the Holy Spirit has to tell the man, hey, it's okay. This is me. You, you got to accept it. And so then, okay, fine. She goes to her cousin's house, Elizabeth. The Holy Ghost confirms some things. She comes back. She's with her husband. And then she's eight months pregnant, about to burst. And then boom, here's a census and they got to go to Bethlehem. So they go to Bethlehem and then that baby's born. And now Jesus is here. These three kings show up. And then all of a sudden, all of this stuff was prophesied, but it looks crazy. And then all of a sudden they say, you can't go back to Bethlehem. Why? Because the king wants to kill him. And so then they take off to Egypt and they stay there until he's like two years old. And then once the king is dead, it was like, all right, now you can come back. And then he goes back and he goes and he's raised right there in Nazareth. And then he sets up ministry headquarters in Capernaum. My point is that if you look at anybody in scripture, Jesus included, it looks like they took a crazy path to their purpose. But you know what? It was what God wanted. At the end of the day, God's path may not look like what you want. God's path may not look what, like what you expected, but, but, but God's kingdom plans and purposes are going to prevail. So while you're getting your hopes up and speculating about this and that, oh God, are you going to do it like this? Are you going to do it like that? <laughs> You got to keep reminding yourself, like I'm reminding myself this morning, that God's plans are going to manifest in his timing and it's going to happen his way. And unless he tells you how it's going to happen, you're not going to know how it's going to happen. But you just got to continue to believe God. That's what faith and patience is all about. This is why greater is coming for you. You know why greater is coming for you? It's not because you know how it's going to happen. It's just because you're going to hold on until it happens. You're going to hold on long enough to see what God said. You're not going to give up. You're not going to cave in. You're not going to quit. That's what this series is all about. You got it? So as I close, uh, I was about to close there, but then the Holy Spirit said, no, I need you to say this. And once again, I'm saying this to somebody specifically. I don't know who this is, but I need to make this last point. God is your source. Listen to me. God is your source. This means that you're not your source and other people are not your source. So let me close out with that. You're not your source. If you think that you're your source, you're going you're gonna to take on unnecessary pressure to perform. You're going to be like, oh God, how am I going to do this? Oh God, this just happened. That was unexpected. Now, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this with my business? How am I going to handle this with my employees? How am I going to handle this with the finances? How am I? Stop. You were never designed to live like that. These are, this is God's kingdom plans and purposes. So if you start taking on all the pressure, you were not designed to do that. You're going to stress out. Your body's going to break down. You were not designed to live that way. God is your source and your supply. And then if you put your confidence in others, other people are going to let you down. You're going to be disappointed more times than you can acknowledge or you even want to remember. So at the end of the day, I'm just reminding you as I close that God is your source. You have to look to him. He hasn't changed. He hasn't moved. Yes, it was unexpected but God is still God. 
Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I am not afraid of attacks or attackers because my trust is in you. Now, I don't want to see people destroyed, not even my enemies. So I bless those who curse me and I intercede for those who come up against me. They have no idea what they're getting themselves into when they put their mouth on me. <laughs> so Father, I ask you to extend grace and mercy to my accusers and attackers. I ask you to send people their way to minister your love to them so that they can change. Now, as for me, I know you are my source and my supply. I look to you in all things, at all times. I know the unexpected will happen, but I also know that when one door closes, another one opens. I mourn my losses, but I don't allow myself to wallow in pity, worry, fear, doubt, or unbelief. As you present me with the next opportunity, I prepare my heart and I receive it forward ever, backward never. The best is yet to come. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I know this message was a little bit different today. This is a message you might need to listen to again. I don't normally speak prophetically, but I was led to do so today. I speak into your spirit. I pray that you received it. I pray that you open up your heart to receive it. When one door closes, another one opens. Be open to it. Experience God's best. Do me a favor. If this message was a blessing to you, leave me some comments in the chat. I read every comment and then also share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.